Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Justin, and I'm excited to bring you another Point Forward podcast. Of course, PJ is here as well. Hi, PJ, Ultra. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm uh, recovering from our, our weekend in Des Moines. but yeah, That was fun. Um, didn't get to watch a ton of basketball this weekend because of it. No, we we got to watch it a little, but yeah, not... We didn't do our best. No, but we got to catch a little bit on Friday night. Got to watch some of the baby Lakers kick the shit out of the Warriors, so that was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Thursday night, I mean, got to watch both those games. and Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff, but we certainly we didn't do our – weren't full on. I don't know if we missed too much, though, as far as – Big big events kind of caught up on some of it last night when get when I got back, but I think we I think we survived all right for sure. But before we start dipping into the topics from last week, I finally got to watch the Russell Wilson Jordan ad. Russell I want to get your take on it. Sorry, Russell Wilson. Oh, man. We were talking Seattle's about fantasy right football right before this. Yeah. We were talking about fantasy football right Russ, before this. Russell Westbrook. I saw his ad. MVR, MVR, if you were listening to this, you're a bastard. Uh, Russell Wilson's been terrible all year, and he decides to show up against low T, and that's not fun. So, And that was talking fantasy football. There's your fancy football minute. Anyway, Russell Westbrook Jordan commercial. What do you think? I thought it's definitely the best commercial that's come out so far. Oh, it's uh yeah, I kind of mentioned it. You guys didn't watch it yet, but um shout out little Uzi Vert. Um I actually saw him. He was at the Chance Magnificent Coloring thing in Chicago. It was pretty entertaining. Um and I just like started getting into him right before that, just to kind of be prepped for that. But um, so the minute that song came on, I was kind of like, "Wow, this is so dope!" Um, and just that commercial was like the only thing, only person that could pull that off on the planet is Russell Westbrook. Yeah, um, at least as far as basketball goes, for sure. I wish they would almost make like an entire like music video type thing off of it. Like and then just like splice in some like Russell Wil- Russell Westbrook dunks. You almost said Russell I know, Wilson too. I know. I've got you all fucked up. Sorry, um, man. That's my bad. I want to see like some of that. Like I want more of that commercial. Like a minute, and I just like feel cheated by it because I just I get giddy about it. Um, now after what happened on Thursday, maybe that kind of. Salt makes the the fire a little less when it comes to the Russell Westbrook passion everyone's feeling right now. But yeah, I saw some edits that were you know inserting Katie's head in that video, which is pretty funny. But I don't know, it's still pretty sweet. Um, like I liked how it's like really it, there's not like much of a message to it outside. Of, well, I mean, obviously the obvious message like. Like kind of an f you to Kevin Durant. Like this is my squad now. Like I'm gonna run shit, which is dope. But I mean, as far as like, it seemed like LeBron and Steph were these like long, like drawn out commercials where this was like simple to the point and like super dope the entire time. 
I want. Yeah, I, mean, I, re- I really want to buy a pair now. Yeah, but I mean, the other thing with it too is it's like that kind of a commercial was just like put like that was Russell Westbrook's like what I think of Russell Westbrook put in like a commercial like it was a oh yeah micro definitely. micro just like quick summary like if you had to give an elevator speech on Russell Westbrook you just show that commercial and then like. Yep. You're like, okay, now, do you see that? Now, imagine what that looks like as a basketball player. And it's super entertaining. And just, like, I, it was catchy. I've been seeing, I've been humming that song yeah. for a week now. Um, yep. Stuck in my head constantly. As far as uh, marketing campaigns go, they uh, they won. They've, they definitely won, I think, the, the commercial shoe wars the, until the, deli, the delis come out. Now I I don't even know if James Harden or yeah Damian Lillard have come out with their uh any ads for shoes for Adidas yet. But I'll have to no, keep I don't think so. I I yeah. I mean I feel like Damian's could be cool. I don't know why. Like I, but I, like if I had to pick one to challenge Russell, that's probably only because of Dame's rap album. That for I think sure. like he would try to do something maybe a little bit more. Um, adventurous than maybe James Harden, who's just kind of, I don't know. I think James is just chilling and doesn't really well, give, I don't, he's not give super, this shit. He's not really super well-liked either. It's tough for him. He's got an uphill battle. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean. But uh, speaking of James Harden, let's get into revenge week from last week, and we'll get to Golden State versus OKC we talked about. Russell Westbrook and Katie a little bit already, but James Harden fell uh, to Dwight Howard, his old teammate. Atlanta handled Houston by fifteen. Um, what a what are your what do you think about this game? Do you like? I personally think Atlanta's looked really good this year, and Houston, while they've been fun to watch, hasn't really translated to a great record. What do you think, right. man? Yeah, I mean, I think Atlanta's like. Been able to just take a, a, a team that's for the most part played together, and kind of Budenholzer being a I think a very good coach, one of the best in the NBA, has been able to kind of do a, a patchwork job as far as getting this thing going in a positive direction. Um, they definitely have been able to get Dwight involved and make sure that he's uh, kind of filling. I mean, I think Horford's production in some ways, but I mean, it's not, he's not scoring the same way as Al Horford. Um, but I think uh, my biggest thing so far has been, you know, I think Paul Millsaps, at least in the, I mean, especially Houston game when we're talking, just happened. I mean, he definitely led that team by far, uh, um, playing the most minutes. We got 23 points, nine, or 11 boards, sorry. Uh, you know, kind of was just all around involved in the game. And I think... Uh, you kind of look at those starters, and that's with this team. It's going to be you know how those the, that starting five does is really going to dictate if they're in a game or not. Because yeah, I agree. Um, I that's the one thing I, I I just haven't seen anything from anyone on that second unit that I'm like okay, this guy can kind of get them going. I mean, Tim Hardaway maybe has some potential with that like I've he's always the, I've always liked him from a scoring standpoint but he's not enough you know 
Like they right. need a, they need a few more guys. They just don't really have a creator like. on that second unit that I can really say, okay, like that dude's gonna be able to get get looks or create looks for everyone else. Um, but yeah, I mean Houston, and I mean Houston didn't um, obviously play play their best. Um, I mean you kind of look at the the shooting numbers on their end. Not a particularly good shooting night for most of the supporting cast um, around James Harden, so obviously going to have problems there, and um, that's uh, that's that's kind of where you see their their biggest faults is just their ability to uh, get those other guys going. I mean, I think there's never going to be a game we see where James Harden can't get his, but the one one area I kind of look at. Most with Houston, and I think a big part of how they're going to have to be successful is looking at their free throws. And you know, guys only got they only got 13 attempts in the game, and I mean that's a a big part. I got to see here what how many James shot. I didn't my notes. I didn't write that down. But well, uh, I'm assuming it James was went six of seven. 10. Yeah, oh, no, okay. James got seven free throws. So yeah, that's low. I mean, you want to get him to the line at least ten times a game. Like you're, I mean. 10 plus. I mean, and some yeah, of the other so, I mean, it was him and Eric Gordon were the only two that got to the line. So, for sure. Yeah. I, the thing with Atlanta is that I kind of, I was optimistic going into the season because I, I mean, I like it when, I mean, I think the NBA is a lot more fun when Dwight Howard's good. I mean, he at one time was the most dominant big man in the NBA. Uh, and his numbers are ne- no, you know nowhere near now what they were peak magic days but he's averaging 17 points 12 rebounds two blocks in about 28 minutes a night and that's really good for a big in today's nba um so if he can keep that up they're going to be in really good shape and then um the other big thing for them is i think that if they can get Kent Bazemore, like they paid him enough money that he should be their number two scorer, and he hasn't played that way this season. He's really struggled, and he played really well against the, the uh, Rockets. Um, I think that that a lot of people have really good shooting night, nights against the Rockets. They're not a yeah. great defensive team, uh, but you know, like it's tough to say. Two, they're in different conferences now. Dwight and James Harden, and Atlanta is just a better team from uh you know taking into account that you know they can actually play defense they can score right. the ball they have some pieces while the rockets are great from like a, they're super fun to play in nba 2k17 but they're not going to be the best when it comes to getting wins and losses but you know they can well, score so well and they have james harden that if if he can get to the line 10 15 times and distribute the basketball and limit his turnovers then they'll have a good shot at winning and it just didn't happen against atlanta Right, and I mean, I think this wrap of this game too. I mean, if you look at Budenholzer, still has his system going. I mean, he's he's tweaked it to incorporate draw to incorporate Dwight in there and kind of sub out what Al did and what Dwight can do. But um, I, I mean, still, I think when you look at the Atlanta, Paul Millsap's their best player. Um, I think when it comes to how this team does, he's going to kind of be a focal point too a lot of their success and Houston I mean they're still working around what D'Antoni does and what the the looks he he wants to get so I wasn't too surprised for an early game like this especially Atlanta at home how it how it shook out 
Do you like Mike D'Antoni? Um, <laughs> uh, I I mean I I think his what kind of his offense and what he was able to bring was good. I mean, but it's like was what he doing? Could you equate it to almost like the wildcat in football or you know other fads where it's just run and gun, up and down, very high pace, high volume shooting. I mean, I think there's there's still value in it. I think, but I think other people have taken what he's done and made it slightly better. And I I think you need to have some sort of defensive component to your system and, and some sort of priority, or just have a a way that you can incorporate a, a guy that is a defensive player. If you look at Clint Capella, a way to utilize yeah. him and and make him useful on the court in some way. He just seems like an awful motivator to me. Like, I liked him back when he was coaching Steve Nash in his prime. You know, that was a dope team to watch. And obviously he took – he was really able to harness everything that that team brought to the table. But in today's NBA, you I mean, you hear people harp on it all the time. If you're not a top 15 defensive team, you have no chance – essentially have no chance at winning an NBA title. Um, and, I mean, who knows at what level D'Antoni had in their offseason moves. Um, maybe he had a ton. Maybe he didn't have any at all. But uh, it just seems to me like if you're going to if you're gonna sign Eric Gordon, you're going to sign Ryan Anderson. Um, like I like Clint Capella. I think they can be a pretty good uh, rim protector. But you take two guys who are just historically not very good defensive players and stick them with James Harden, which if you're even a if you've watched two Houston Rockets regular season games, it just doesn't give a ton of effort on defense. Just like this team, it seems like a disaster to try to have Mike Dan Tony. They're gonna score a ton of points, but they're gonna they're never gonna get past the first round of the playoffs this way. Yeah, and I I mean I think some of that's just Right now, they're it's kind of a stopgap move for that franchise. So. You think you think this is like a season or two, and then they move on to someone else? Yeah, I just I mean I think based on when you look at what was available free agency wise and everything, I think they kind of played the their best hand. Um, I think you know we can get into it more later with them as far as you know how out that their outlook is for next offseason, whatever, but it's like, who is that player that can play with James? Um, or is he, James fall kind of, does James Harden fall into that mellow, kind of just great scorer, great player, can get his points, but, you know, hasn't really been able to find someone that compliments him or someone that's been able to come in and, and play around what, what they do. Right. But moving on to another revenge game, uh, Derrick Rose returned to the or Derrick Rose returned to the. It was in Chicago, right? The rose petal has blossomed once again in the United <laughs> Center for a night at least. Um, yeah, man, and uh, unfortunately for the Bulls, they lost by thirteen. Yeah, they've uh, they kind of had a little skid here after I. Uh, Came on last week, and I think I think I proclaimed them champions already, right? Um, I don't know if you've made that. I don't, <laughs> know if you've gone, I don't know if you've gone public with that or not. No, I. But um, 
Yeah, they, I mean, and that's the. I think with the Bulls, it was just you look at a lot of that game and big spurts where they just were pretty inefficient with the ball. You had a lot of ball dominant possessions by either Jimmy or Rondo or Wade, and it wasn't moving, flowing as well. Um, I also, I also kind of think they played into the Knicks where they slowed it down a little bit more. Didn't play as as well in the half court as as you need to against them and. Um, Really, just Kristaps was a huge mismatch for them for the most part, and they didn't really have a answer for him anywhere. And I, I can't really point to anyone on the Bulls roster that I'd say can can hang with with what Kristaps can do and and everything. But I think in a lot of ways, if you look at that game, like the Knicks could have probably utilized Kristaps a little bit more than they even did. I think the Bulls kind of lucked out, but well, I think that that can be said of the Knicks in a lot of games, but you've got veterans that want their touches, but But then those veterans look to Kristaps when like they can't get their look. They like kinda use him as the last ditch effort. Like, all right. Yeah, that's Christophs what I mean, just, but that's not I That's not good I mean, for Kristaps. I mean it's like his his game, I mean he gets he gets praised for his defense. And I mean, he gets credit in a lot of areas, but I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves what he can do on the offensive end of the court because he can shoot threes over like 90% of the guys that are going to guard him. I mean, he's 7'3", and then obviously what he can do on the block. Like, he's got a, he's got good touch. He's just a super talented. So, you know, I I mean, that there seems just weird. Like, I, I like Melo. Like, he's... You know, a top 15 NBA player, he's uh, really good, but um, I'm not sure the ball kind of stops when it gets to him. And trying to get Chris Epps open looks, get him look on the block, get him going early in the game, like that can be – That's I think getting Chris Epps going offensively is going to be crucial for them to, you know, make a run at the at, for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference anyway, but – they they uh they figured it out against the Bulls though, he looked good. right. Yeah, and I mean I think the Bulls kind of defensively weren't haven't had the best three game stretch here, um, before tonight. And uh, yeah, I mean, well, the only the only thing it was kind of a bummer just here beginning of the game. Uh, Derrick Rose got booed a little bit and was kind of getting booed during the game, and Joakim was getting lots of love and. I get like Joakim was a very likable player on the Bulls, and Derek didn't have the the best PR end to his career at the Bulls. But like, there's no way either of those dudes should really be being getting booed or that be a question. I mean, fans are stupid and whatever. But that that was kind of just like a a bad look for for Chicago with that. And you would have thought with all the you know high spirits from the Cubs, like people would just been like, "Hey, Derek, what up?" Like. But <laughs> yeah, he got some he got some hay a little bit, and he it'll be really interesting once D Rose's career is over when you look back at it all, and like I'm sure he'll get received back with open arms at some point. But I just like it's good. I'm glad he's not on this team right now. But yeah, I don't think it's necessary. Like we should shit all over the guy now and pretend like a couple years he was healthy were like nothing. It was the worst experience ever. Well, I think it more has to do with two things. One being the fact that he was recently, you know, or actually, I mean, I guess it's ongoing criminally anyway, that he's been accused of sexual assault 
Um, so that's not great. And no one, just, no one there was booing because of that, though. <laughs> you don't think so? You don't think of no. that? At, you just think they were like, you suck ass, boo. That was that was what happened. Yeah, call like, oh, you you could you didn't play when you should have. Oh, you sat out games like. All right. This hey, uh, you, you know, were overpaid. You know better than me, man. I, I, I I'm just saying as an average, uh, the average Chicago fan, Chicago Bulls fan pulse like, it's very much so like, oh, you weren't tough enough. Like, you you weren't willing to give it, give your all for the team, sacrifice. He's lazy, selfish that kind of typical crap but, but um what was the second thing you were gonna say though uh <laughs> i kind of just jumped on that one just yeah that's like, all right um <laughs> i was gonna say all just all the shit he was talking during the off season oh. with you know the knicks being the super team even though you know it's really just like i get i like Courtney lee and i obviously mellow and chris apps are great pieces but like the best bulls team that he's like the Bulls seven or eight years ago when they were Eastern Conference Finals against the, the Cavs. I mean, that was a better team than this Knicks team is. So, like, yeah. I just don't really understand where it's coming from. And, you know, well, in order for it to be a super team, and I don't want to, you know, super team power rankings will be coming back next week, I'm sure. So, more to, on the Knicks then. But, um, you know, this doesn't seem like in order to be a super team, you need to have a really good point guard. And Derrick Rose just isn't one anymore. At least well, it's remained to be he's seen. He's got flashes. I mean, he's been looking better than he did last year. But yeah, no, I, and yeah, for sure. I don't really. I'm just if if people in Chicago are upset with any the the dumb crap Derrick Rose says. I mean, he literally spent his entire career like saying dumb crap. Like he just says really dumb things. He's an isolated person. Like you are gonna get a bunch of dumb quotes from him that make no sense and are random and weird. And like I take none of that. Except for like that was the first thought that Derek had in his head, so he said it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, shit, man. Whatever. That's an, that's enough talk about the Knicks for now. Yeah. But let's talk about that real, the real revenge game. The only real revenge game. Those other ones were just there. But so the real thing everyone was looking forward to in the early part of the season. So, uh, Kevin Durant went off for 39, I believe 30 in the first half. And, uh, the out, Golden State Warriors out, kicked the crap out, out of Russ, him. He kind of outrust Rust. He kind of, he kind of beat Russell at his own game. Yeah, man, it was, um, it was, it was pretty much over by halftime. Um, if... If Russ isn't shooting great and they're not hitting threes, like they don't really have much of a shot. And Golden State, when they really want to bring it defensively, they can do so. So they they looked really good in the first half um, and played well enough in the second half to keep their lead and really kept Russ from getting going. And Lord knows he's you know they're by far their best player. So what? Yeah, what I mean, I think a lot of it was. Well, I think a lot of it, too, wasn't even on Russ as much. And you just saw, like, yeah, Russ didn't have the best game. He was kind of had a lot of really bad passes, was just trying to create literally anything he could. But um, you didn't really see anyone else on the 
Thunder step up to the moment and, and play really all that well along with Russ or, or try to go go yeah. into this with Russ and like kind of just say, all right, if anything, it's you and me. We're going to try to take down the, the Warriors ourselves, you know, the two of us, something like that, you know. Yeah, Steven Adams played well in the first half, but he's not – he doesn't exactly have a huge um, – he doesn't have a lot of tools to pick from as far as what his game offensively. Like he's got a nice little floater in the lane. He's got some quick spins in the post that get him easy layups. But uh, and then he's you know he's going to be a really great rebounder that's going to get a couple putbacks and that usually gets decent numbers from him. But he's not like a go-to guy. Russ can really go, you know, just like dishing the ball in the post, make something happen. You know, he's not really that kind of player. And then if Oladipo. He's been really hot and cold so far, and he was cold against the Warriors. And I mean, yeah, that I mean that's when I'm saying like, oh, I need guys to like that guy needs to be Victor. Like that's kind of like what he's on this team at least designed to to be Russ's go-to running mate. Yep, and yes, he hasn't really been so far. I really hope that that works out. It is they're kind of a. I mean, there's such a weird pair as far as point guard and shooting guards in the league because like most in most teams you your shooting guards usually like kind of a spot up three-point shooter but Oladipo played kind of the a similar style as Russ does with the magic but obviously not quite to the level and not quite as intense as Russ does but it seems like he, you know, Russ is still just going pedal to the metal every game, and Oladipo mm-hmm. just can't really find the right pace. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, I do think, I mean, Russ kind of just got in this mode at points where he just was trying to create looks for other guys, and I think at certain points you just kind of wanted him just to try to get his get himself going and then kind of come back. To trying to give you, I was like, I mean, it was just really tough to ask someone to do. But at like one point, I was kind of like, all right, man, like they know you're you're looking at this pass, like, but you're getting to the rim, just just put it in, like, just put it in the bucket. Um, There's a lot of moments, especially like the second quarter. I feel like there was a couple turnovers he had where he got like almost all the way to the rim, and then he was looking because he saw five warriors on him. <laughs> basically like right all right someone's gotta be open but like at that point it was too late they had all collapsed in and, and blocked off any lanes so it's like when you see it in that way you kind of have to read it and be like all right I still, i'm here like let me just try to get fouled or throw up a, a lamp you know get get something going but it was a it wasn't much of a, a game after the you know third quarter it was a there was like a little run but it was yeah it was it's pretty much just done. I mean, it was they got they got worked by and Kevin just was like played pretty pissed off and uh, was was definitely the one uh, the one guy on the court that wanted to uh, make sure everyone kind of took notice of, of him and, and what he was he was bringing. He had the by far the most energy. You saw points. Draymond was just definitely kept him going too was the thing you didn't see a lull from kevin and i think draymond was like a big part of that oh yeah i mean he said before the game that they really wanted to win it for kevin durant i mean the kd narrative this offseason has been 
nonstop pretty much. So I'm sure that, you know, they're his teammates now. Like they're going to want his, they're going to have his back. And there's no question that they had been talking about this game beforehand. So it's, you know, it is cool. And I think it's big for the Warriors for them to kind of pull together and not just win a game like that. And it's, it's important at being at home too, but really just dominating the Thunder, like from opening tip, you know, the first quarter it was it was back and forth there for a little while but the second quarter they really just ran away with it but i wanted to another thing that i want to talk to you about you know they they uh everyone's been talking about so how's this game going to start russ comes in with this like he appears to be throwing shade at kd with this like i'm not i i'm a professional photographer outfit and like people are geeking out before it starts and then Nothing really happens at tip, and nothing really happened during the game between Russell Westbrook and KD. But at one point in the first half, KD, someone's shooting free throws, and Enos Cantor is talking shit to KD. Like, what was happening? Like, why is he even talking to him? Like, Enos well, Cantor has no business saying anything. Yeah, but I mean, Enos, even if you look at some of the quotes he's had, like, after it went down, like, He's definitely been the most chirpy of the Thunder, and as far as like XKD teammates to kind of throw throw him on the bus, kind of throw shade up. So I'm really not surprised, and I think it was kind of like his attempt to get in get in his head, and he was going at him. And then you even see like Stephen Adams is like at one point on, on that one of the clips you can watch is like he's like, dude, just like shut up and leave oh yeah like, he was he was like grabbing like, his leg and telling him to calm yeah, down yeah he's like dude like i don't think getting him pissed off right now is gonna help us like dude just like i don't think it's not working well i think at that point he had just gotten off scoring like a ton of points in the second quarter yeah. and the game was essentially over barring some crazy run that okay so we'd make in the second half so it's just like this I would understand if it's you know if for a few minutes in the game or Cantor comes in and gets a block on him or something or like hits a shot over Kevin Durant but so they were just sitting on a bench Kevin Durant just got done shitting on you for like 15 minutes and you're just gonna I, I have no idea what he said you know maybe you know maybe Kevin Durant said something to him first or maybe it was not even related to the game it probably was he's probably just frustrated yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't really tell, like, who started because Katie's back turns to the camera a couple times. It's like, did he say something during that? But, like, it kind of looked like it was Enos started it to try to rile, rile up KD, maybe throw him off. But I don't know. Like, all, all Katie's got to do is the classic, like, high school chant, like, scoreboard. Just be like, yeah, like, scoreboard and who the what have you done, like, at all, Enos. So, right. That, that was interesting. I mean, like, that was kind of the people were wondering what the flare up would be or like where that kind of a moment would be, and that that was it. So we got that too. But hopefully, when they go back to OKC and play later this year, like that's gonna be a, a whole different thing. And it's like that will be if Katie can do kind of some of what he did tonight. Like, that's big, and that's like a huge kind of statement as far as like his ability to step up in some of these moments that obviously the Warriors are going to need him to but yeah I don't I'm I'm even more excited for game two it's going to be great and returning to OKC I agree it's going to be it's definitely going to be a little more intense so 
Yeah, and I mean, I, I feel it. like it's just like whoever was how this series at least this matchups are gonna go first. Like this one, I think was definitely more focused on Russ and like how what Russ was gonna be like in this game and like how Russ was gonna do and uh, it kind of like quickly Russ was taken out. Like I mean, they took Russ out of the game in a lot of ways and. So, but when you go to OKC, it's like, all right, how's Katie going to handle this moment? What's, how is he going to play? How are they going to look? And, and that kind of a very, what's going to probably be a very hostile environment. Very. <laughs> right. Well, let's, uh, I have two, two other random topics before we get into some segments here, PJ. So first is yesterday, J.R. Smith got back on stage, back in the national spotlight. With he took his shirt off? No. I mean, I think that he kept his shirt on, but they were at a Hillary la- rally in Cleveland yesterday. So my question to you is, if uh, if Ohio ends up going for Hillary, is J.R. Smith a national hero? Uh, well, I think LeBron will probably be given the, the yeah, kudos but- to that. But it was cool that J.R. was the uh, his right-hand political man in that to do it and stuff but yeah for, the, know, for the sake of this conversation i'd like to say that jr smith is it i mean lebron gets he was the, the talk spotlight. i mean if jr smith is up there shirtless i think he obviously is the main reason but i mean he was a very tame jr and i think if uh based on the numbers i mean i don't know what hillary's favored what her points are looking like how many points she's favored in ohio but um you know, I think you, if you have shirtless JR, you you're, you definitely perform better. I would certainly think you get a few more people to come out and vote. All right. Well, I think yeah. it's great. I mean, it's pretty. I, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, I know that LeBron's come out and adores Hillary already, but uh, I, I have to say I was surprised to see JR up there. But I think I was pretty awesome. I mean, it's definitely the year of JR Smith if there ever has been one. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like the you kind of get that one last little glimpse of what what the summer of JR was, and then now it's like, all right, I gotta I gotta go back now. But just just when you you thought it was no more JR, no more JR looks like yeah, it was it was good to see for sure. And my next question, PJ, this is nice little intro to our in and out, but I want to know if you are in and out on the new mannequin challenge that is went viral this last week um and ex- ex- give, explain what it is so the mannequin challenge is essentially the the newest of the internet fads um similar you go the harlem shake uh uh what have been some of the other because in my opinion they're they're so i guess ice the ice bucket challenge could that be considered a yeah yeah it's one of the next internet fads, but essentially you're, it's like a group or certain people and they stand completely still and yep, they act, act like, like mannequins. mannequins. You're yep. like kind of doing a live action pause shot thing. Um, I don't really know the inspiration behind it. The first thing I like saw with it and kind of like what it reminded me of a little bit was Kanye's like famous video and just like it was. Oh, little, yeah little creepy like i mean obviously these people are real but like that was kind of like what the 
they looked real and just like the kind of look of it is pretty bizarre i think um so you I mean, dig it or no so I, I i'm not huge on it but i mean the one thing i'm am really in on with these is like every time i've seen one i like will watch it i've probably watched three probably i'll watch one like on repeat three times and i'm just trying to catch someone to blink like that's all I'm, i care about i just want to like find the people that blink and then I'm like, I laugh at them, and then I move on with my <laughs> life. But like, I just—that's like all I care about. It's like, the the one the Cowboys did, I thought was pretty funny. It was like the most old white, old middle aged white man move. So, um, but that was a pretty goofy one. Like, I don't know who told them about it, but like, oh yeah, we can do that. And it was so white, rich, white, <laughs> elitisty. What it was See, like, because I'm like case by case video by video basis for me because i've seen some ones that are like that's super funny that's really cool and other ones are just so lame like i saw one that a bunch of cheerleaders made one and it just i mean that's cool that like you can hold a person above your head with one hand and be super still but after like that's worth a picture to me it's not worth watching this video go from person to person for like two oh. minutes it's just not really worth my time like are you talking about the one on the like high school football field yeah you like that one i did i was like i thought one of the most impressive ones that how oh, everyone geez. stood and like i mean it wasn't like you're like oh cool i, I mean yeah I, I get what you mean it wasn't like the coolest yeah looking, it just it like didn't physically it didn't, it didn't like, make me laugh it didn't look oh, that yeah. cool so that's but like what what went into it? I think like the production side of that was like I, I gave him some love for that because that's right. pretty tough to like hold a human being like still and yourself like some of that parts of it. But and some of these are like so random too. Like Steph Curry made one. He's at it looks like he's at a restaurant that it's just it begs the question. Like did you go around from table to table? Did you make oh, an did announcement? He- did he do one with? Because I, I think Aisha Curry like opened a restaurant or did something. I didn't oh, like do enough. I mean, of, I know uh, that she, she has dive, her own cook. She has her own cookbook and stuff. I she think. they were doing something like I mean, shout out to being a just all up in the internet like just the classic like consume it and forget about it in ten seconds. But when I was on Grant, like they she posted some stuff like uh, I think they like some. I wonder if that's what it was from. It was like her. I think she had some sort of event this weekend that they were promoting something of hers. So I don't know if that's what it was related to. But oh, I don't know. But that was a really a bad explanation. If someone knows what it was, <laughs> help us out, please. Cause, yeah, yeah no this is a really poor attempt at cracking this code. All right. Well, all right. That's enough about the mannequin challenge. As interesting as it is, uh, hopefully some cool ones continue to come out. Keep an eye on them. But um, what uh, what are your in and out topics for the week? Hmm. Well, um, I uh, I'll start with my out. We kind of we kind of talked about it before, but um, officially I'm I'm out as a as a Cub fan now that they've they've won. I helped. I I'm not a Cub fan. I'm a White Sox fan, um, but. I wanted to obviously experience this this first this first go of it to see you know that win the first one, kind of do my own mental documentation of it, just see what the experience was like, see what it was like when they won, um, give give a lot of support to my friends and 
strangers that mainly focused on middle-aged men that were you know crying or nervous and just saying them hey guess what your your team's gonna win like you're, you're gonna be okay well you really came, gonna work you out really came in and are jumping off at a good time man well Let's see a world series victory and then well and it's just for me like i was i was realizing it in the moment but i was like really kind of going over the top with how much i was supporting the cubs and just like i was kind of like had gone all in with my chips and was like this is the most cubsy fandomy i'll be able to get with it and they're a super likable team like i'll enjoy watching them but it'll be cool just to i don't like stay at home and watch a game or like do stuff like not have it consume me as much because i at the same time like it's not my team so it's like it's fun to appreciate and like obviously like i hope they continue to do well but as far as like me putting like personal like a lot out on it and like personal stake into some of it i'm i'm good and i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people <laughs> like that i i just yeah i'm, I I'm so really too. looking forward to the uh the aftermath and the kind of the what i hate the most about the cubs and like thing i just reason i never got into them was like the whole lovable loser that culture that's that all the curse all that stuff um like wasn't ever into that didn't find it appealing so and I just thought it made up too much of their culture, and this win like kills all of that. So it's like, nope, you're a freaking uh, they're, dynasty. They're, like, uh, they're, that team's identity is going to be completely different for sure. Yeah, you've wiped out uh, 108 years of uh, literally like a message, like a marketing message, or just like perception, all of it. Like, so the new Cubs identity, the new Cub fan identity, is be interesting to see how that how that develops and um as i say that i'm not really into curses i don't believe in them what i am into for this week and i've been into for a little bit as well um but as we wrap up this political season um i've i got i've gotten really into alex jones and Infowars. into um, like you believe everything he says no i do not believe <laughs> any of it but i find him in this whole like their site to be the most interesting thing out there and it's like that and everything else like i don't really no i i could literally i've i've lost so many hours the last probably month just watching especially alex jones but i've like you watch some other Infowars stuff and it's just i've always been a big supporter of conspiracy theories i don't really subscribe to any of them but I just love you hearing just about love them. Hearing about them, yeah. I just love people telling me about like, and it's like the people that truly believe in them. Uh, I will listen to it. So if you have any conspiracy theories you want and you need someone to talk to you about it, hit me up. I can give you an hour to a week of my time to listen to it. Uh, I'm open to all of it. it. Just you gotta allow me to ask you questions, and you better have be well informed on your conspiracy. But yeah, Alex Jones, thank you for making this political season. Like, just when I was like kind of getting down, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm over this. But then I really just like sucked, got sucked into this world of, of Infowars. And I've just, I've just gotten so woke on so many things. And I'm just, my conditioning has been broken on, in all the ways that society and our government's trying to mold us to follow their ways and, and cover up their evil ways <laughs> and Brock and Hillary's demon 
magic. Okay, all right, all right. If people want to listen to that, they can go listen to Alex Jones. Um, but yeah, that I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. I'm I'm with you there. All right. So my in and out. Uh, I'm kind of along the same vein. I'm out in the election. I'm just ready for it to be over with. I think this goes along with like 99% of America. I think that people are just excited to not have Trump and Hillary in their ear every day. I mean, you're still going to get a lot of it in the next few weeks with, you know, the election being tomorrow, but I'm just excited for it being done, man. Nothing. But you're just ads. not woke. You're just not, well, the political ads, yeah. F- oh, fuck that. <laughs> Infowar political ads. But I so just, dope. I just haven't watched enough of Infowars, apparently. I didn't we know this still existed. Get you woke. Yeah, I didn't know this existed, but I'm sure that um, we'll see who wins. But if Trump was to not win, I'm sure we'll see some really hot takes from Alex Jones in the next couple oh, weeks. Oh, and I can't wait. <laughs> but And what I'm in on is daylight, daylight savings time and specifically the day you get an extra hour of sleep. It's so great. Uh, that weekend always seems to come on a weekend where you really need that extra hour. So this weekend was great. Um, I definitely wasn't enjoying going to work every morning and being pitch dark. Uh, it's not great coming home and it being pitch dark, but I'd rather actually be walking into some sun in the morning. So I'm all in on it, man. At least while it's cold. Yeah. See, I, I've never, I mean, I like the, yeah, the hours is sweet, but I just, daylight savings time, all of it is just like annoying i think um i was uh because i always feel like when it when it does the change like then when it gets dark so early though i just feel like it's it's so much later than it is for sure and it's just like you're like oh god like i'm it's already night and like you're just you i always feel like rushed then you're like no no man you got like another you got that extra hour yeah i know what you mean um well, I'm a fan of it, man. There's, I don't mind it. I really have no. But I agree. Like, the, if you time. if you want to say like in on that day, the specific like that Sunday. Yeah, that Sunday is amazing. I don't really mind it. Just period, dude. Like, I the last three weeks going to work when I get in my car, it's like it's completely pitch dark outside. I can't. I hate it. I hate driving. See, but it's, yeah, I guess I guess I do a little bit of an earlier a little earlier schedule so i'm like it's always dark it's been dark anyway yeah it's always dark (laughs) darkest before the dawn um oh so another let's go let's go back to the nba pj so we talked a lot about the warriors i don't want to talk too much about them anymore we've hit on them a lot but on the second night of a back-to-back after beating Okay, see, they played the Lakers on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And guess what, Ultra? Who's back? And you know what's back, Ultra? You know what I'm thinking is back? What's back? You know what I'm thinking is back? The Showtime Lakers are back. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, I don't hope so. I'm thinking. There's no hope when it comes to it. These are facts, Ultra. Hard facts. D'Angelo Russell is the next Magic Johnson. Yep. Julius Randle is a more athletic James Worthy. Uh, Timothy Moskov is the Russian Kareem. Uh, whatever else you want to say. No, they're. Uh, I know we were watching that game together, and it was like 
it was on in the background, and then we kind of like the the Lakers went on like a twelve zero run or something. It hit like four threes in a row, and like it was kind of like a you looked up, you hit saw first one, like oh that's cool. Hit the second one, you're like all right. It was like the third one. I was just I, I forget what the seek where it was in the game because we were we were little little honesty here we were at a bar when we were watching it yeah um, adult adult <laughs> topic a few adult beverages made the my notes a little little blurry but uh yeah like they just like they really looked fun i mean they've they kind of have the warriors number in a way at home like well, steve Kerr even said it yeah, was like yeah. it's like oh like we always have one of these games like it's our annual beatdown at the Staples Center, I think is around what he said, but I mean, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, that was it. They've, uh, I mean, you could tell. I think they they knew that they were getting the Warriors off back to back on the West Coast national War, game. National game. They they were wanting to come to play, and um, they've just. I mean, they've they kind of they're kind of a deep team. I mean, they have a lot of guys that can score. I mean, uh, the, Nick, so, Nick Young has really had a resurgence under Luke Walton, at least compared to what he played yeah. the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I kind of look at them as I look at the Nuggets, and they're both just like they're they're not great teams. Like I, I don't really think they can really be in the playoff conversation at this time. But they're both teams that just have like a bunch of like same level guys, like. There's obviously you have D'Angelo, but like there's a lot of dudes like Luol, Nicky, you know, like the guys are just out on the same level of, of talent. And you just kind of, by having enough of those and not having a, as many bottom feeder dudes on their team, like that really helps their level of play get to be like a competitive where you, in a situation like they had on Friday where they're playing the Warriors after back to back really like tough physically like emotional and like actual amount of energy spent playing against the thunder okay, and they really got up for it stuff i think it's like it was gonna be really tough for the warriors to get up for the lakers game and like the lakers are good enough and they have enough talent that they if they get on a streak they get hot like they did like they're gonna go on a run and they can they can beat a team like that in that situation and when you look at some of the pros and stuff, I mean, they've got some legit guys like that are pros, but you also have like Luol is a, is just a professional. He's through and through, but you also have a lot of these players on the Lakers now who I think are starting to realize that, Oh, Kobe Bryant's not around and we can kind of do what the hell we want. You know, oh, well, you know, they've been chopping at the bit for a season, just waiting to like be able to play basketball. I mean, it's like, yeah, but just being able to play basketball again, I mean, Oh, D'Angelo wasn't there yet, um, and but, Kobe was out yeah. the year before. But it was always like a, it was always kind of like a, well, we can kind of play this way, but like when Kobe comes back, we got to go back to playing like what Kobe wants to do, and it's like Kobe isn't coming back. Like we're all young, we're healthy right now. Like whatever's gotten us to this point, like we've all kind of had bumps and bruises here, but we all got drafted for a reason. Like we all, everyone on that team, I think thinks of themselves as a talented player it's like all right and they might be right because <laughs> let's go like let's do something well but, the other thing too is that they julius randall 
he's he can match up really well with Draymond Green. He's no, he's not as talented. He's not where Draymond Green is, but I think that that's kind of, um, and maybe he's not going to space the floor quite like Draymond does, but he could probably be a better rebounder and he's a good passer and he's definitely a great scorer. If you get the ball, if the guy gets good looks in the paint, I mean, he's dangerous from down there and he's still getting adjusted to the league. He's won, you know, essentially one year in for him. Like this is his sophomore year, even though, I mean, he played one game right. of the year before and broke his leg. So they've got a lot. I mean, they're not going to, some people are saying they could, push for an eight seed now and no. i'm not really i'm not ready to get there quite yet but showtime baby it's coming it's it's here i'm thinking it's back and i'm thinking <laughs> if they got someone of a higher talent grade this next off season, i'm thinking the showtime lakers are really really back yeah their cap their cap scares me a little bit i'm not really sure um, but couldn't you flip? I mean, like, I, I think they've got, like, enough attractive pieces where there's a good opportunity that presents itself. Like, you could package a, a grouping of that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, people are going to uh, – other teams are going to have cap room too, so if they need to, to dish hey. out somebody in a pick, they probably can. But Hey, so I, have a, I do have one final thing here before we go off, and I'm hoping I can throw it out there before anyone else does, but – and not really as like a anything more than a speculation as far as how many weeks away are we before we start hearing boogie to the laker trade talks oh boy uh cuz wow. i'm like 2 weeks i'm thinking like yeah man i think that, i think so too i mean people are talking about boogie getting traded already yeah but a lot of it's like heard. boston yeah, to like contenders heard, haven't heard the lakers yet but if the lakers can st- Float like the thing going a little winning streak here and get a few games above 500. It probably will come. I mean, I I don't know how that's gonna work, but I think that Luke Walton isn't exactly the coach to figure out Boogie. But I don't know, man. You're probably right. I would say about two weeks. I bet you we we will hear from a major NBA source that Lakers are. See, I'm not even. Yeah, I I don't even know if it's like gonna be someone's gonna find the story, but I'm waiting for like ESPN. I'm like trying to rack through my brain. Like, should the Lakers trade? Yeah, like that is going to be on SportsCenter. I'm looking at their schedule. They play Dallas. Oh, here we go. This is it. It's not even. To me, maybe after this week could be this weekend. Uh, They play Sacramento on Thursday, and oh. If if they win, so if they beat Dallas tomorrow night, then they're gonna be going for five in a row. Then they play New Orleans, Minnesota, Brooklyn, and they get to November eighteenth. Got San Antonio, but a little pocket there. But no, it's gonna, they're gonna if they can win and go five in a row on Sacramento, and Boogie does something demonstrative or just like acts frustrated. Yeah. Oh, someone's going to, like, it's just going to click for someone on ESPN. It's like, oh, hmm. Or it'll be a way to hype up this game. It's, oh, what did we think about Boogie, a landing spot in L.A.? You know, all those those centers. Hey, Ultra, did you know uh, the Lakers have had a long line of Hall of Fame centers? I did. Have you ever heard that? Yep, there have been a few guys that have played pretty good ball for them at that position, yeah. 
You know, they yeah. haven't had a really big center lately. I, they're I, they're oh, kind of no, in the man, market. They had, they had Roy Hibbert last year. Is Hall <laughs> um, I don't know if Roy Hibbert's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, maybe not. Except in the Georgetown, maybe. And you know who else? Georgetown. Do you know Georgetown? They've had lots of Hall of Fame centers in their program. Yeah, I, I hear. Have you ever Pat- heard that? I hear Patrick Ewan went to that school. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. We'll see, man. I, I, I just, if, if I don't someone know how hears, it it's gonna be like it's gonna be frustrating because I don't I don't know if that's it. All, I mean, everyone's reporting that the the Kings are asking for an arm and a le- leg for him. Like an I, arm in a league. An arm in a league. Yeah, I mean, they they're asking for half a league for for the boogie. I mean, I I don't really know if it's worth. You know, that, whether or not the Lakers should make that trade is a different question, I guess. But that's too long of a conversation. But yeah, you're right, man. They're gonna, it's gonna come. Because if they're gonna, if they're gonna shop Rudy Gay, which I don't think he's staying on the team, then what do you like? You're not winning this season, so rebuild. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for it. I can't wait for it because I, I, it could be this week. I said two weeks, and I looked at their schedule, and it's it, Thursday. Might be, might be, be on the lookout Thursday, everyone. Everyone All watch right. Sports Center. See what happens. All right, PJ, let's close up shop here, man. Uh, some good games towards the end of the week. Uh, Hawks and Cavs play tomorrow, so if you want a little break from election coverage, turnover, I believe that game is on TNT. Trailblazers and Clippers play on Wednesday. That's their second game this year. And then the Clippers play the Thunder on Friday. So a couple good Western Conference matchups. But uh, any other closing thoughts, Peach? Nothing nothing right now. I'm, uh, I'm going to switch over to our little my, my fantasy matchup here in football. Start this pod as we ended it. End this pod as we started it. And hope I can squeeze out a few points here. Otherwise, the low T's will once again have come up just a little short. Better luck next week, man. But, yeah, thank you, everyone, as always, for listening to the pod. Uh, Please take the time to uh, give us a little five-star review, if you don't mind, on iTunes or Stitcher or both. Both is appreciated. Um, But please uh, check out our website at thepointforwardnba.com. Follow us on Twitter at thepointforward as well as PJ and myself's Twitter handles at foolish and at ultra Jacobs. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, that's all it is. Hey ultra. To, yeah. What's up? Man? I did just think of something. So we were getting some feedback this weekend on this thing. Uh, and people were asking about a certain, uh, a certain logo we've had. And I, I don't know if you want to do a shout out here or do you, uh, yeah, man. So, uh, shout out Lindsay Susla for making this logo. Um, you know, I came up, PJ came up with the name of this pod, and, and I thought of how great it would be if we could get Draymond kicking someone in the nuts. That's the logo, and Lindsay made it, put that idea, and made it actually happen. So shout out to her. But, uh, yeah, thank you for all the feedback also. Uh, would love any feedback for you guys have that you guys have through our website or our email us at uh, thepointforwardnba at gmail.com. But, uh, or yeah. comments on iTunes or to- or comments on iTunes or comments on our website but thank you everyone for listening and uh, we'll have a pod later this week or uh, hopefully next week